Hello and welcome back into another episode of the Three Ball Podcast. Here with me today, I got Derek Carter. We're going to be talking to our last NBA draft podcast. We're recording this on Tuesday. Hopefully you're listening to it on Wednesday or Thursday morning before the draft. Um, what we're going to touch on today is just some rumors that we've been hearing, uh, some intriguing players. We're going to go over our mock draft, players that we think are going up and down, some teams that we think might trade either up or down, uh, intriguing players, some just situations. Um, and we're going to start with one close to Carte's uh, heart here, and we'll start with the Cavs. I mean, we've been hearing a lot of things about them possibly trading out of eight for Kimba. Yeah. I mean, I know you've heard that one. I I haven't heard too much on that one. I think it kind of came out earlier today. But what do you got on that, Carte? Um, As far as they're saying, as much as uh, they want to get the eight for Kimba, you know, Kimba is not Kyrie, but they have, like, similar, similar playing style, you know, so – Man, it could it could potentially work, but it's also a risk because they still don't know what LeBron's gonna do. Um, if they're unsure who they want to pick, I I definitely would either trade it for Kimba or you know other rumors is maybe they can swap the eighth pick for CJ McCollum, which would be a real good fit for them because they need another ball handler. Yeah, I mean I see like the Cavs to me are one of those intriguing teams. Is what are they gonna do? With the LeBron situation, I know they really are hoping Michael Porter slides to them. But if Michael Porter slides to them, is that the person that they're going to take for the Hornets and use that to get Kimba? Are they going after CJ, like you say? Um, do you draft a guy? Like in our first mock draft, we have them taking Wendell Carter at eight, which would be a nice fit next to LeBron and what they currently have. I've heard they're enamored with. Colin Sexton, so I just heard a, a lot of names attached to the Cavs, and they're going to be really, really intriguing to me come draft night on what they do, if they stay pat, or if they trade something, you know. Yeah, it's been um, some other rumors that, they, they're, that they're trying to package to pick in love for a player. Um, I don't think they can afford to lose K. Because if you even if you decide to okay we're gonna trade Kevin Love and bring somebody else back to entice LeBron, you're still missing that third scorer that you need. Like so, I and that's know. the thing too. If you also feel LeBron's gone, do you? If if I'm the Cavs and I feel LeBron's gone, why not try to hit the reset before the draft and see what you can get from Love if you can sneak back into the lottery or right outside the lottery with him and package him for a player and someone else. It. The Cavs are they're going to be an, an yeah. intriguing team all off season, I think. So it'll it'll be interesting, definitely, definitely interesting for them. Another team that kind of has me intrigued is the Grizzlies. What they decide to do it for? I mean, they've kind of already come out and said that they want to win games next year. That 50. they plan on winning fifty <laughs> plus, <laughs> which I can understand. I mean, two years ago you were right there. They got if they had a healthy team, they'd be right there. Conley Jr. is going to be healthy next year. Gasol's still going to be there. You know, some of their young guys aren't aren't too terrible. Dylan Brooks isn't bad. So, do they try to trade down with a team like the Clippers? Get shred the Parsons contract, give the Clippers four, and get back 
12 and 13 and someone like uh, Tobias Harris or Danilo Gallinari, I mean, that would be a way to get up to 50 wins like you want. And you're still going to get quality players down at 12 and 13, especially in this draft. And I think this is going to be – we're going to look back on this draft and it will be one of the better drafts in a long time. So not anything on the level of like a 2003 draft, but definitely on – on a level of a very quality draft, you you got your top six guys, seven guys are all good. So we'll see what happens. You, that's something you you think you would do if you were the Grizzlies trade out of that four pick, or do you yeah. take like a guy like Doncic at four because you know he's not going in the top three? Um, it's hard to decide, but I would definitely get up out of there. Um, one thing I would try to do. If it was possible, I would definitely trade out of the pick. And even if I can't get another pick back into the draft, I will try to at least get some type of quality for it. Um, Parsons is old, forty-nine million over the next two seasons. He's just and he's not healthy. So and he's just taking money and he's just on their books. <sighs> Any case scenario, I can get a young small forward for a Chandler Parsons. I would definitely do it. Like the whole, like I would, if the Mavericks is willing to take Parsons, I would give him the fourth pick for Harrison Barnes. Um, he's young. I'm not saying he's the greatest, but he, at least he's a healthy that can a healthy small forward that can get you some points. I mean, uh, healthy young nucleus. Finally, hopefully Conley's healthy, and I think they can get it on the right track if they uh, if they can find a right partner to get the four and, and Parsons out of there. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it would make perfect sense, too, to to get out of there unless the Grizzlies just are really into a player at the top of that draft. Yeah. I mean, I guess if Michael Porter's there, maybe they take Michael Porter because perfect segue to another team at the top of the draft that's kind of intriguing and always intriguing is the Kings. Yeah. Anyways, the Kings will be the Kings. Who knows what they're going to do? I mean, they could shock everybody and take Porter at one – or, I mean, at two – I know they've been enamored and into that guy since the beginning of the college basketball season. I know he was hurt the whole time, but they've been into him and they've really been into him through this whole draft process. We're hearing today that they're really into Bagley. So if they take Bagley at two, Porter will still be around. There's just a lot of, outside of one, there's just a lot of slidable guys that really makes this draft very, very interesting at the top and yeah. in the lottery. There's two picks to me that just seem really solid right now, and it's eight net one and Trey Young at yeah, three. three. Yeah, like those have been the most talked about picks like for the last week and a half, like solidified. I would be surprised if Aiden doesn't go one. Like I'm be highly surprised because he's been doing a lot of things with the Suns players from watching the, uh, the balls drop. With the Suns players, they're being around. Watching the finals with them. Watching the finals with them. It's just tough to see him not getting drafted here if and he's been around these players. Like it's this one is kinda like a no brainer. So And to me, I mean, if I'm the Suns and being a Suns fan, if Doncic's there at four and the Grizzlies are on the board, I'm gonna pick up the phone. I'm gonna call, call him. him. I will call him and try to see how I can get Doncic. What do I need to do? And and if you can get Doncic for 
for anybody but Booker and maybe Josh Jackson, I would do it. And I would take back Parsons' contract. To me, it's not as horrible as everybody thinks. I mean, two years left on it. So I just, I really, really think that the Grizzlies are going to shake something up, that the Kings are going to shake something up. And then you got the Magic at six that you just, they've been holding everything close to their chest. They've been holding their coaching. They were quiet about their coaching search. They've been quiet this whole time. What do they do? We got them taking Jaron Jackson, and I think that's the way they go. They go big. It's just what big do they take? Do they take Jaron Jackson? Do they take Mo Bamba? Do they take Wendell Carter? You know, which one of those three bigs do they take? But, it's tough. tough. <laughs> it's a tough one to call. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, the Magic has so many needs. Like, so many glaring needs. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Jonathan Isaac. He's obviously not a power forward, so they should never try to play him there ever again. Maybe move him down to three. Um, I don't know, because if you take him three and then draft, who do you want to draft? Jaron Jackson? I mean, or do you draft or do you draft uh, Mo Bamba? But he still hasn't refined his offensive game. So you have... So you have him cluttering the lane because his game, he's not suited to offensively yet for the NBA, which is, I don't know. So it's going to be very intriguing to see what happens, man. Out of the first, I guess out of just any player, who's your most intriguing player or one of the most intriguing players you want to see what happens to him, where they go or they slide up or down? I really want to see where Colin goes, man. I want to see what he's gonna do in in the right system, because I know he can be a little Westbrookish at times, out of control with the ball. But if he's in a good system, man, he can be definitely an All Star. Um, I also like to see what where is Grayson Allen gonna go. Like I just want to see where he goes. Me, preferably, I would prefer he goes to San Antonio, be in the right system. To be successful, but I don't know. Yeah, we have him going um, 25 to the Lakers, and I think that's a real possibility. He kind of just fits that mold of what they want, and they want shooters, they need shooters. You know, especially someone they can pair right next to Lonzo and still take some of the ball handling ability. So... I, I'm a little intrigued by Grayson Allen just to see if he falls into the teens or if he falls late first round. Um, Colin Sexton, he's he's another one. It's just because I've seen him as high as six to the Magic because they need a point guard. I think yeah. what uh, DJ Augustine's their point guard right now, so you need you need a point guard. But I've seen him as low as you know. 12 13. 12 13 to the Clippers. He's a lottery guy. He's going to go in the lottery. But I think in our, our final mock draft that we'll be putting out um, Thursday morning on Twitter, go check it out at, at three ball underscore podcast. Um, I have him probably going eight to the Cavs. I just think Michael Porter is going to be the wild card there and he's going to getting selected before the Cavs have a chance to get him. 
and their backup plan is Colin Sexton. LeBron likes him. Dan Gilbert likes him. They all watched him work out a couple days ago, and and I just hear that they're really into Colin Sexton right now. Yeah, that's think. a very, that's another rumor that they're very high on Colin. So, which I am too. I I I think Colin Sexton's going to end up being the best point guard in this draft. He's super fast, super athletic, hard worker. He's just everything that you like. Elite defensively. Pros- yeah, elite defensively. Everything you want out of a prospect. He's smart. So, you know, I, I like Colin Sexton a lot. I'm gonna, I definitely want to see where Hami goes also. Because this time last year, before he pulled his name out, he was going in a – they had him projected top 15 and 20, like the first 15 and 20 picks this year. He slid like to the second round. Like they have him projected going to the second round, which he's a first round talent. He just didn't have the greatest year this year. He definitely underplayed this year. So it'd be very interesting to see where he goes also. Yeah, I've heard he's been having good workouts too. Like people were down on his shot after last year, and now you, you see it, and people have been seeing him, and his shot mechanics aren't that busted. It actually looks good. Um, good form, and I hear he's a hard worker and been getting a lot of pub with teams about how hard he wants to work and, and play. So that'll be an interesting, definitely an interesting name if he can find himself in the first round or if we'll go into the second. Um, one of the one of the names for me is Mo Bamba. He's just where is he going to go? Man. You just have no idea, no idea. where he's going to go. And, I mean, it's not like he's a new name for us at all. He came into the college basketball season as the number two prospect, so we all knew about him. But it's just he's tall. He's got a 7'10 reach. He's working out with Drew Hanlon, the shot guru. Yeah. He's, he's trying to learn stuff from Embiid. Yeah, he's watching film with Embiid. He's doing workouts with KG. Like, he's just all over the place. He's on every TV show he can get his hands on. You know, I I just, it'll be interesting to see where he goes, under what circumstances, and what team really believes in him. So, I'm intrigued by him. I'm a little intrigued by Trey Young because if he doesn't go to the Hawks at three, where does he go? I feel does if, he fall to nine to the to the Knicks? I feel like if anything, if he falls past three, the Knicks would definitely draft him. I feel like the Knicks is going to solely draft him because they missed out by one pick on the Steph Curry. And I know Steve's not here for this one, but I've heard the Sixers are super high on him. And the Jesus. Sixers want him. <laughs> and it's just like... Steven hates the way the Sixers draft, and if he ends Sucks, up going man. to the Sixers, like I'm gonna worry about the guy for a, a couple weeks. So that would be another a bad game. draft pick if the Sixers gave him. Like it just wouldn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. A name that probably not too many people know about either is Chandler Hutchinson, and from Boise State, he's intriguing to me because. He had a really good combine and then shut it down. And just right shut it down? That. Didn't do any workouts, didn't release any medicals, hasn't been doing anything. You know, so who gave him the promise in the first round? And 
what teams actually, you know, what teams taking them, why, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, every a couple days after the draft, everything will come out on him, and it's just I want to know like what it is, what it is, and who it is. Like this is amazing. Like I've never seen like a bunch of kids doing this now. Like after they get their first. Like it don't matter. Like they go to one workout and that's all. And and then they shut it. And down. they just shut it down. Like it. Like, uh, Kumpo, he shut it down. I guess he has a promise from Charlotte. Um. So it's very gonna be interesting, like you said, to see who drafts him. I also want to see what happens with Jonte Porter because he came out also with uh Porter Jr. And that's his younger brother, so I yeah. want to see what happens where he goes. I feel like he came out a little early, but and we haven't seen anything about him. You haven't that, seen that's nothing. the crazy yeah, thing. Like, and he, he hasn't been getting a lot of a lot of buzz, but people people have been in on him too. So <laughs> Cavs are all over the place, man. <laughs> Cavs are all over the place. That's why it's more intriguing because like so many players just get thrown into things that it just I don't know. Like this is the fun time. Yeah. For me, this is the fun time. You just start hearing the wackiest rumors like that right there. Trey Young secret workout with the Cavs at eight. Like they've been trying to get him in for the longest, a long time. But yeah, it's just crazy. And then towards the bottom of the draft, too, a guy that's getting a lot of first round pub and mock drafts, and we got him going twenty sixth in ours. Mitchell Robinson. Oh yeah, yeah. And he was supposed to go to. I think Western Kentucky, Kentucky. yeah, and then he backed out and was going to go to like SMU, and then backed out of that and was going to go back to Western Kentucky, and then decided, ah, I'm, I'm not, play not even going to go yeah, to college. I'm just going to work out all year. I mean, if he goes mid first round somewhere, like ESPN did their perfect draft, and they got him going 17 to the Bucks. If he goes 17 to the Bucks, does do more. More high school players think that's acceptable and start doing that, like top guys. Do they start doing, like, the cat that was supposed to go to Syracuse? Oh, Baisley. Baisley. And then it's like, ah, I'm just going to go to the D-League. Like, which I understand that. Like, if the D-League could pay a little bit more, and I think they should pay a little bit more. I'm sure they There's can. a lot of players <laughs> should do, do that role because I don't know what D-League team he's going to end up on, but if you think he's not going to be... Like, say he goes to the Canton Charge. If he doesn't think, if you don't think the Cavs aren't going to be watching him every single night and paying attention to what he's he doing, does, yeah. and every other NBA team, like you're, you're crazy, you're crazy. Yeah, I would like to see where uh, where my guy Wagner from Michigan's going to go. I'm very interested to see where he's going to go. I've I've seen like a like a, a video on him the other day. You know, he was doing a lot of. Um, three-point workouts. I didn't know he was that good of a shooter from three. He said he didn't yeah. shoot at all. He said he didn't shoot threes at all. Until he got to Michigan. Yeah, until he got he's there. Been, he's been pubbing uh, Beeline a lot, talking about that he he um, wasn't yeah, like that great of a shooter mm. until he got to Michigan, and Beeline made him start shooting threes and becoming that shooter really? and that, that hard worker. He like almost B-line got, just demands so much out of his players. He almost got beeline the head coaching job at in Detroit. <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> Until he backed out. <laughs> Until he backed out. Yeah, they wanted him real bad. Two Villanova guys I'm really, really into is Omari Spellman and Dante DiVincenzo. Like, where do they go? Like, I've heard 
I've heard from from people close to Omari since he was out here in Cleveland that he's been promised by the Spurs that they're going to take him if he's there at 18, that the Celtics are going to take him if he's there at 27, Timberwolves were going to take him if he's there at 20. So it's just kind of interesting, like, who's really telling the truth on that. I don't think the Spurs take him as high as 18. I think they got other needs that they're going to address, but I can definitely see him ending up in Minnesota or even Boston. So I've heard the Warriors too at 28, and if he goes to the Warriors at 28, like that's a perfect landing spot for him. You know, another very interesting story, didn't mean to get off topic a little bit, this is Brian Bowen thing. Like... You know, he was supposed to be one in the probe with the Louisville thing. So he left Louisville, went to South Carolina. He went to the draft combine. He declared for the draft because they said at South Carolina that he wouldn't be eligible the whole year. He would have to sit out the whole year. So now he, he two days ago, I think, or maybe last week, he withdrew from the draft. So, like, he can't go back to South Carolina So because it passed the deadline. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with him. Like, I don't know, man. And that would be another, do you go D-League or do you go to Europe? Yeah. So. It is a tough decision, man. Another team that's kind of intriguing to me is the Warriors. I'm always intrigued with the Warriors and what they do because they draft guys to play them like 10 to 15 minutes a night. And swindle them. They gave the like, Bulls cash considerations for Jordan Bell. Yeah, in the second round. So <laughs> do they buy another second round pick? They have the 28th pick. I mean, you can get a good player at the end of the draft in the first round. Especially for a team like them, like Grayson Allen might be there, Amari might be there, uh, Gary Trent might be there, you know. Um, there, there's a lot of good players that are going to be around at the bottom of the draft, and I'm just interested to see what way they go with it. You know, they're going to lose probably, what, four centers off of this team? Yeah, because I'm sure so, Zaza's gone, uh, David West retiring. He said he was retiring after he said after the last championship that he was gonna play one more year and then retire. Yeah, I don't know because eventually does someone pay Javale McGee? More? You have to pay him, because, and then you have to pay him because he was so effective in the play. Like after not playing against the Rockets, he can't, he was pretty much the difference maker, one of the difference makers in the finals because he shut off the, the lanes, all that stuff they was doing in game one and two. They got shut off real quick when they put JaVale McGee in. Yeah, and they're who else is it? They're losing, like said, a couple other guys. So it the the Warriors are always intriguing. And of course, being a Suns fan, I'm a little intrigued by them. I know what they're doing at the top. And then do they package something to move up more? Uh, up higher than sixteen? Do you package the sixteen and a couple players to move up? To move in the back of the lottery, maybe? Or maybe to ten, eleven. Yeah, to ten, eleven. You know, that range, can you swindle something with the Grizzlies, like I said earlier? Um, you got the the Bucks pick next year. That's going to be about probably mid-first round, plus your own pick. So that'll be interesting. And the 76ers, I mean, what do they do? They got like five second-round picks this year. <laughs> and they have two roster spots, probably. Probably. Man, and it's... And the thing is with his draft, it has a lot of good depth at every position. Yeah. Like, so you can literally just pick names and just work them out and see who's going to be what. Maybe send a few to um, the D-League. 
and see if they can mature there. But they have a lot of stuff to choose from. Like, they have a lot of talent to choose from. I think the Sixers are going to be picking a lot of names we've never heard of. You never heard of. In the second round. Because that are from Europe. And they're just going to be drafting stash guys. And they're we're probably never going to hear from Like, Sarge was drafting stash. My one guy, I was so puzzled when they drafted him. The Frenchman. Uh, yeah. Timmy, the Timothy. I was, where's this guy from? <laughs> like, <laughs> but he came in. He, he played, he's at least on the roster. And he's one of those guys that he's on the roster right now. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, I I don't know, man. I just I don't know. The Nuggets are another another team that might do a trade. They've been linked to trying to get rid of Kenneth Fareed, which I'm I'm okay with trading. I'm okay with trading him, and I don't know why teams are so against him. I know he's not like your prototypical big man right now, but he's kind of can come off your bench for 10, 15 minutes a game and just very energetic hustle, grab your rebounds and, and run play, the floor. De- play run defense the floor. every single play. I know he hasn't done that In previously, years, maybe, but right now, just you're gonna have to do it. And if he wants to stick around, that's what he's gonna have to do. And I, I think he's an intriguing player. If I can get him in like the 14th pick. I know the I'd Hawks okay was looking at too. was looking at uh pursuing Kenneth Free too. I mean, because they're pretty much they're pretty much starting over from ground up, like at every position. Um, I think the only I don't know who they even have on the roster to be honest, but I know they're getting rid of Schroeder, who, which is pretty much one of their last pieces they've had from their previous teams. And I mean, they have no real choice but to start over because Al Horford left, Cal Corver got traded. I mean, so it's like, well, okay. So if they can try to put the wheels back on, which is probably going to take a few years, they might as well just start over with a young nucleus, which they're trying to do now. I mean, I think they, they're going in the right direction. I think their best player probably right now is Kent Bazemore, but they got uh, they got John Collins they can build around, who I loved in Summer League. I mean, he was dunking on everybody. Yeah, they got him and they got... Um, Torian Prince Torian from Prince. Baylor, yeah. It'll be interesting. They got a new GM, and he's really big into building his own team. Uh huh. So you know that they're, you know they're not trading out of three. Yeah, they're not. That's for sure. So it, it'll be interesting. Like they know they're they're on their trajectory of being bad for a couple years, and they're okay with it. And as bad as they is, they play hard, man. Yeah, and, every night is crazy. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. I'm pretty sure after. Schroeder leaves, that would be like the last contract that they have of that magnitude. Except for Ken Bazemore. I think he makes like 16 a year. Outside of that, they should be good. I don't know who wants to go to Atlanta and play there. Nobody. But <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. Yeah, so they couldn't even get Dwight Howard back there. He's from there. Yeah, he's from there, which is crazy. I guess the only way to go up. I mean, because you're at the bottom, pretty much. I also, so... From an intriguing standpoint, <clears throat> if you if you are the Mavericks or the Grizzlies, well, the Grizzlies not so well. It depends what you what your take on it. If you're the Raptors right now and you're looking like okay, this thing we've put together, it, we need to go in a new direction. It's not working. I would trade Kyle Lowry right now for the fourth pick in Chandler Parsons. But I think the Grizzlies are still into Conley Junior. Man, yeah, ACL tear after this injury after this injury. Or I would give the real like somebody like there just need to be a new change, and I feel like one of them leaving would have to go. Or like I would look, I don't know, 
they're, that's going to be very interesting. I want to see what the rappers do. Like, they are intriguing me. Another team that intrigues me the most outside of the Cavs and everything that surrounds the lottery is the Wizards. Because I know something is coming. Like, something has to change. Like, John Wall, like, you know, I heard him after the season. I, first and foremost, I'm the GM. Gortat has to go. We have to find a way to swindle the Nets and get him to take Otto Porter Jr. Um, the Morris guy, whichever one he is, he has to go. I'm like, we're just going to put a new nucleus. Mahimi has to go. Their pants got like $15, $16 a year. Like, he has to go. Like, he's not contributing to the team. I forgot they even had Jody Meeks. I just have to be browsing through their roster and seeing that they had him. But some of these guys, they, like, they have to go. Like, I just want to see what the what the Wizards would do. Because they can't stand pat and keep losing first round, second round. And then you have guys talking about coming out after you guys lose in the first and second rounds. Talking about that the Cavs are scared to play up when y'all can't get out the first and second round. And they're just, I feel like they're wasting Bill's talent. They're wasting Wall's talent. They're, like, so some, something has to happen for them. Switch modes a little bit here. What's a, what's a couple players that you just don't think can fail in this draft. I mean, we always have bust, and it's going to happen. I know we love, like, the top ten guys in the draft, but half of them probably aren't going to work out and aren't going to be what we think they are. But what's what's one or two guys that you just think can't fail I in just this can't draft fail. that are just sure fire things? I feel like one, I feel like eight, there's no way Aiden can fail. Even if Aiden doesn't, if Aiden be's even be the poor defensive man he is, he can just if he just goes all out and be like poor defensively, like James Harden defensively, he still has that offensive shack like talent. Like, so that leads me to my next question then for you on him is what's his floor? What's his ceiling from players that we've seen and had before? It. His ceiling, if he get it together defensively and man like he has the Shaq like post moves, and the thing is, he shot thirty four percent from three. We're looking at a once every generation David Robinson. Type. I was gonna say, I'll give you my ceiling for him is David Robinson. That would probably be my. He's the last too. center that I remember like him that ran the floor like him and had the athleticism like him. He's a heck of a lot stronger than David Robinson. David Robinson was a pretty strong guy, but just. Not in the same. He didn't look like that. Coming he was out a of skinny, strong. Yeah, yeah, skinny. He was skinny, yeah, strong. Yeah. But yeah, but floor. What's your type of floor? I mean, if he if he bust out and isn't that type of guy, what's his floor? And he still can score. I mean, I'm st- I'm still I can't even name a person that's been. That, I would say Dwight Howard. Did. If he can't get it together. If he can't bring it full circle, Dwight Howard just never could bring it full circle offensively. But if AT can bring it full circle offensively, which he already has that game, and just don't bring it full circle defensively, they're pretty much the same guy. You couldn't leave Howard in the game in crunch time because he can't shoot free throws. And if that's going to be the case with Aiden on, I mean, yeah, with Aiden on defense, you can't leave him in the end of the game because he can't defend pick and rolls, which. I watched in college. He's been a great pick and roll defender, and he can pretty much guard multiple positions. If he can put it together, then that'd be great. If not, hey, we still have somebody that's really, really good, and we just probably might need somebody to play against next to him to take on that offensive challenge. They did it in OKC with 
Enos Cantor and Steven Adams. Enos Cantor sucks so bad on defense. Like it's just bad. Like it's just bad. Like it's just bad. And they found a way to. Uh, they found a way to just uh, put somebody next to him and shield him on defense. Another prime example when the Warriors had David Lee. God, he's bad. He's god awful in pick and rolls. But they found a way to have Iguodala next to him, Draymond Green. Like if you have a team full of. Yeah, see, and that's kind yeah. of my floor for for him as a guy like David Lee. Yeah, yeah. that's like a perfect perfect example because he could kind of stretch it out and shoot that college shoot. three. And people forget how athletic he was in New York, right? The, before he, had, he got a he little was bit older, thirty and twelve, thirty and fourteen. Yeah, Double like crazy like he games. Was, he was having crazy games, but defensively terrible. And if you look, Aiton's interesting because if you look back at like how many blocks he was getting in high school. On like the AU circuit and um, just in in the prep school, and then you take that and you look at it the same aspect of the same type of players being in college mm-hmm. and how many blocks a game he gets got. It kind of stays the same. So if that trend continues, I mean he'll probably have about a block, block and a half a game at the NBA level. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I mean as long as you and I, I think. If you look at him too, like the first year he really kind of got coached as a basketball player mm-hmm. was one year at Arizona, and he went twenty and ten. That's why I'm okay with him at one. Being a Suns fan, I love Luka Doncic, which is he's my can't miss player <laughs> for me. Yeah, I, I don't think he bust out. I just really don't six, because eight. he's six eight point guard who can also play the two. And if you think about him, he. As an 18, 19-year-old kid, he was playing in the top league in Spain, and he was playing in the EuroLeague. All those teams are better than what he was playing. He would be playing if he went to, like, say, a team like Duke It was playing in the ACC. Those kids are playing against, like, Marvin Bagley was playing against Boston College twice a year. He got Rutgers twice a year, you know. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rutgers is in the Rutgers has been big, yeah, Big Ten now. Two, three years. Like yeah, yeah, but, you know, Syracuse twice a year where they're just playing zone, you know. You you got you got a couple cupcakes. You're not you're not playing North Carolina every night, which even if you took North Carolina and you played them in the Euro League, they're not making it that far. So he's playing against top level talent that's better than anything he would see in college. And he won MVP, and then he won the Final Four MVP, and yeah. then he's probably gonna win the Spanish League title. Yeah, that um, they said they don't expect him at the draft because he's supposed to be in the playoffs still. Yeah, I think if they win tonight or tomorrow, it'll they be said over. He it'll be over, and he's gonna try to fly for the draft. But and then you look at him too for Slovenia on the national circuit at EuroBasket when he played against Porzingis, he had like. 27 and 8. When he played against Croatia, he had good games. He was playing against guys that are in the NBA already and was having really good games and won Euro basket. So, and he was a contributor on it. It wasn't just all um, Goran Dragic. So, Doncic's one of my camp bust. Um, I don't know if you have another camp bust. 
Probably Marvin. You I think? feel like Bagley might be another camp bus because he's just so gifted, man. And people that be so gifted, they're just like hard to like. They're especially the way he's gifted offensively, and his rebounding mechanics and all that. Like it's just so hard to be a bust when you have that those type of gifts. What's his ceiling for him? I have no clue, man. I feel like if he if he puts it all together, because I've watched him play against NBA players. I watched him drop 30 in the Drew League against James Harden and all them. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just his defense is just not caught up to where it needs to be at this point. But I still feel like he's one of the surefire players in this draft. Even though I love to say about seven to eight of them are, but I won't go that far. I'll just have my two. Those are two that I feel like are surefire. I feel like I'll probably get Sexton an honorable mention because he works so hard. Like I don't, I don't see people that work hard, have the work ethic he has, and has the smarts and actual skill that are just bust like that. Like just come out and be bust. It just, I just, you just don't see it happening. The worst he can be as a player is Patrick Beverly. Yeah, I mean he's just not your. I, I like Bagley too. I re, I really do. I I just think he's maybe what five? No, maybe. Ten years too late because if, he, too late for if the game. he played, he would be the unanimous number one pick if he played. Yeah, like five, ten years ago, where we weren't expecting our big guys to just shoot. always shoot. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's not like the greatest shooter, but he dunks everything, everything, everything around the rim. He has an amazing second jump. He runs the floor great. You know, he's not the best defender, but he's an awesome rebounder. Yeah, so. And his ceiling? The the crazy thing about a guy like him is when you got a a guy like Coach K saying he's the best rim runner he's ever seen. He's coached. And he's coached the USA team and he's been around forever. That's high praise. And I know people hate on his defense, but he's 18. He's 18. He's 19. He's not. Like, that's my biggest issue. He can learn how to play defense. He's athletic enough. And quick enough, and it's not like he has two left feet. He can figure out how to play defense at the NBA level if he really wants to. And I'm trying to figure out who you can compare him to. I feel Sean like Marion. Sean Marion. I mean, I know Sean Marion became a defender, and he was a pretty decent defender coming in. But coming into the NBA, he couldn't shoot. He ended up shooting all right in the Dan Tony system. He's shooting about 34% from three, 37 maybe. I don't think he ever got into the 40s. But he's a guy that all he did was dunk. All he did was rebound. He ran the floor. You know. I probably would. Like I said, he was a little bit better of a defender. But there's no reason Marvin Bagley can't become a better defender like he was. I guess I was looking looking at it on a different side of the spectrum. Maybe because I was trying to look at a left-hander to compare him to. So I was thinking more of a better rebound than Chris Bosh. Oh, Carte, don't hold yourself down to to left-hand versus right-hand. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I was just looking at it from that perspective. Yeah, I mean, if he ever learns how to shoot, I can see. Shoot like Bosh. If he can forget, if if he don't even, if you can shoot. 31, 32% from three, that's fine. But if you can get your mid-range together, 
Man, he would be because I mean, if he if he pump fakes and go past you, like you said, he dunks everything. He can dribble like yeah. Like he, said, I, I like Bagley. He could be another another not miss man. I I I can see it. My other won't bust, can't bust, won't miss is a guy you briefly mentioned is Colin Sexton. Yeah, man. He's I don't like the Patrick Beverly comparison he gets. Because I think he's better offensively, he's better offensively, more than athletic. Him. Yeah, way more athletic, way more creative. Um, just from what I saw him in college and everything, is he just he looked better than Beverly in college. So I just don't, I don't buy that comparison. I don't buy the Russell Westbrook comparison because he's just not that athletic. Yeah, but you got to remember, like a lot of these guys too. For me. They're 18, 19 years old. They probably would have been in last year's draft. So get him in an NBA program. Which he already didn't have an NBA playing coach. Right. That's like, yeah. Like so, like, you get him in that type of NBA training program, and he's going to put on muscle. He's going to get more athletic. Same with Bagley. He's going to get stronger. Same with Doncic. They'd knock him for that, but... He has some baby fat he can get rid of. He's not finished. <laughs> He's 18, 19 years old. These are kids. They have like, to remember the Yeah, kids. you know, like, it. it's just crazy. So, those would be my two two not busts would be Doncic and, and uh, Sexton. And Sexton, I mean, his ceiling, I guess, could be a Russell Westbrook, and that's just shooting for the stars. But it's, and if his floor is, is Beverly... I'm okay with that at the middle of the first round or middle of the late end of the lottery. With Beverly? If he was in this draft and I knew, like, that's the guy, that's what he's going to be. Yeah. You know? A defensive style. Yeah, I would take a defensive skill player, at especially a guard, when there's so many guards I mean, that do so yeah. much right now. Uh, okay, so um, the guy that I want to talk about is, in everything is expectations with from players as far as the bridges – Michael and Miles, what do we expect from these people? As a as a from a team perspective, what do you expect from Miles Bridges? You've seen his work in college and in high school, and he still can't shoot. Like he's just like a right now at his age, I don't want to even give him that. But he's just, he's like a Darius Smile. He just can attack the basket. Like he, it's hard for him to get open shots. I just don't know. If I'm drafting him, I'm praying to. Whatever God I pray to, that he's Carmelo Anthony. If he develops a shot, he that's what he kind of played like in college, and he's not going to. Carmelo never really blew by people to create his shot or cross people over to really create a shot. So, like, best, 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 best scenario is Carmelo Anthony. So, like, I guess I expect a poor man's Carmelo Anthony out of Miles, out of Mikel. I guess I'm hoping he's Alan Crabb. <laughs> like, you know, a 3 and D guy. Like, a, maybe a little bit better Robert Covington. Speaking about a team that might take him at 10. That That's what I that's what I expect. I don't know what you expect out of those guys. But those that's like, he's going to be a 3 and D guy. And I hope he's elite. Like, he's quick. For M- Mikhail, at least, he's quick. He's very agile. He'll be able to guard 1 through maybe 4 nowadays. If you look at... If you look how how the Western Conference Finals, those games were ending, your yep. center was 6'7", Draymond Green, and 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, 
P.J. Tucker. So, like, at least in the Western Conference, that's how it's shaken down at the end of games. And people do not sleep on P.J. Tucker yet. 17 rebounds in the Western Conference Finals. Right. So, (laughs) so, I don't know, like, I don't know what you expect out of those two. Man, I just, I don't know, man. I just want to see something great from both of them. I just, at this point, I won't say they're older than everybody else, but okay, so you see the top three, four, five players coming out. They're all freshmen. So, Michael, what, he was a senior? Junior, senior? Uh, I think junior, junior Mikhail. Just junior. Miles as a sophomore. Like, I would assume that you guys will mature more into your games. I know Michael has more than Miles has, but man, <clears throat> at the end of the day, those are tough people to look at and say, Okay, we want him, and we're going to insert him into our offense immediately. Yeah, that's and for Mikel, if he goes ten to the Sixers, like that's a perfect situation for him. Yeah. You're not expecting a lot out of him, but Miles, I feel like wherever he goes, teams are going to really be expecting it out of him. Yeah, expecting him to do so and, much more than what he can do. Yeah, I so I don't know about him, but another guy that like I'm a little. I don't know what expectations are that you have of him, but Zaire Smith is a guy that like people are talking about shooting up draft boards. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know as a basketball and a team standpoint, what what do you expect out of him? It's hard to say, man. Because like they got him picked going like sixteen to the Suns, and I don't know how he fits into the Suns' program and what they got because he's a he's a Really small, small forward. He's going to be a 6'5 guy trying to guard people like Katie at 6'10. Is yeah. He's just going to get shot over the top. Like, what's your expectations of that guy coming in? And I hear, like, people are saying, oh, he was in a bad situation at Texas Tech. And, you know, he'll show more in the NBA. You know, he's not a, he's not a fowler. He gets blocks and steals. And he'll be an elite defender. But... I just don't know. I mean, I, I like I like guys that I can tell, like, okay, you're really elite at this one thing. And I guess his thing is defense, but he's really small for playing the type of defense that he's going to have to and, and the type of guys he's going to be going up against in the so NBA. So, when you sniff, man, when was the last time you seen six five small forwards? 1994. <laughs> Let's go there. 1994. So my thing is, like you said, man, They, I don't know, man, because eventually you have to move. Like, you would hate to, but since he is a small forward, like literally, you have to find a way to move him down because he's going to go against LeBron, who's damn near 6'9", going against Giannis, who's damn near 7 foot, KD, might be seven foot. I mean, and these guys are four, five, six, seven inches taller than you. I know you can play defense, but when you put them hands up and they hands is overextending <laughs> your hands by three and four inches, like there's going to be nothing you can do, man. So it's like some of the worst players. It could be like some of the 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 worst players in the league. Well, they get to the league for a reason, so they're talented. But it could be some of the lower tier talent in the league and they're still taller to you man and i don't i just don't under, i don't know man what about kevin knox kevin knox i know you have thoughts on kevin knox what do you expect is, out of him i don't know man because he's so streaky like he's so up and down at kentucky and when you up and down like that 
I don't know. I think I need to see where he's going to go to. Like, I just need to see where Kevin Knox is going to go to. And then to me, he has to, he has to prove that he's not just going to be a mid range shooter. So wherever he goes, my expectation of that team and of him is to prove that he can shoot NBA threes and not get into the lull of always shooting mid-range shots because that's what he did in college. He was a very good mid-range guy, and the NBA just seems to really be going against that right now. now. And my thing is, you're in – I just felt like – I I just don't want him to fall into DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, where it took Demar Derozan all until this year to really start shooting, shooting threes, threes and, yeah. and doing it at a at a good clip. So that's I want him to come in and get in a situation like a Donovan Mitchell where he can shoot threes. Now I'm not saying he's going to be Donovan Mitchell. Don't get that that <laughs> skewed. I'm not saying that at all. He's nowhere near that type of player or athlete. But, or athlete, but I just want him to come into a situation where they're like, you're not going to just shoot mid-range jump shots like go ahead and continue to shoot him but you need to shoot three pointers too and that's my expectation of him just keep it simple like expand your game a little bit out for the nba the nba crowd yeah and i'm hoping that nobody i don't know how great of a rebounder here he is but for him to be six nine there's no way he should only be averaging five rebounds a game when because when you're six nine in college you're pretty much the center and you was only averaging five rebounds a game I don't understand that. And I feel like if he's going to shoot mid-range, I feel like he needs to get to the basket more also. At 6'9", there's no reason why you shouldn't be getting to the basket at a fishing rate considering of your type of like your type of athleticism that athleticism that you have. Like you're like coming into college, he was only like 195 and he was moving. Like you put on muscle and all that, but that still shouldn't take away from your ability to get to the basket. I mean, like you were saying, like, there's no way for you to, no reason for you to just settle being a mid-range shooter. Like, honestly, that's not going to work. That's not going to work in the league, like, at all. David West can shoot mid-ranges, okay, all day and night. You know, I see Antonio McDyess shoot mid-ranges all day and night. Like, that game is gone. Like, you have to do something else. A team that I have expectations on on draft night is the Spurs. I have expectation that they need to trade Kawhi on draft night to try to get a pick somewhere and maybe in the lottery for this draft. It, there's a lot of quality. I'm not high on next year's draft. There's <clears throat> there's RJ Barrett and everybody else. Everybody else. I'm so I mean, there's always there's always a couple guys that that'll emerge and and be be very good prospects, but. I'm not sold on next year's draft. I think next year's draft's really bad. So I want to go hunting a pick for next year if I'm the Spurs. I don't think you're going to get much out of him anyways from a a player perspective because he's already basically come out and said, I'm not going to stay where I'm going unless it's the Lakers. So you already know he's kind of going to the Lakers after next year as it is. So the Spurs kind of... They're a team that I have expectations to trade Kawhi. Listen, I have one thing I would do, and regardless, you know, it's a lot of dumb, um, excuse my French, there's a lot of dumb owners and GMs out there that do a lot of dumb stuff. And <clears throat> if I was the Spurs, I would pick up the phone, and I'm not trading them. Sorry, LA, I'm not trading them to y'all. No matter if y'all give me Lonzo or want to give me this and that back, I'm not trading them to another team like y'all to make oh, y'all. Oh, I good. agree. I, I trade them to the East. I don't want to have to. 
look at him four times this coming year. Yeah, I would pick up the phone. And this might be surprising to a lot of people that I would call the New York Knicks and ask about Porzingis. Kawhi for Porzingis straight up. Well, I would be petty. (laughs) So I'd be really petty here, and I'd train him to, like, the Nets. (laughs) Like, okay, you want to... You want to be this way? <laughs> go into the nets, dude. You go into the nets. Or, the, you got to get value you, for him. You got to get value. Like, you want to go? I would just find somewhere <laughs> horrible to send him, dude. Just horrible. I mean, like, but if you take Porzingis like, off, where and, do you hate to live, quiet? Oh, okay, well that's where I'm gonna trade you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, look, what's so different from the Nets than the Knicks? They're both sorry. Like they're at the bottom of the East. Like, yeah, but it's the Nets. Yeah. At least the Knicks Madison Square Garden. They're still not gonna be any good. Yeah, but it's Madison Square Garden. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why. Like, yeah, I'm not trading you to to Florida. It's too nice there. Oh, I, per, another perfect I, one. I'm sending you out of Texas because you're not playing in the Western Conference. I would call one of the worst places probably in the NBA. I would call Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's have a talk real quick. I mean, or all right, LeBron wants to leave Cleveland. Yeah, send him to Cleveland for a year. You know, see what you can do there, man. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe he's mad over this quad thing. Like Jesus, God, like that can't just be the only issue. Like it's just alienated, man. Like I can see you being alienated, but once I won't alienate you. But if the doctor is saying you cleared, and we know how you like. These are team doctors. You don't want the medical doctors, the team ones, outside doctors. Um, and they're saying you're clear and you're saying you know your body. But these are body physicians. <laughs> like, he just didn't want to be there, man. He just didn't want to be there and play. Like, it just doesn't, like, I just don't understand. Like, But, you know, to each his own. Me, I'm not so willing to sit on the bench for 60-something games. I'm sorry. And you want, they're paying you, at least go out there and give some type of product. If you feel like you can't play, you can't play. They're paying you $20 million a year. Not to sit and whine and complain. I mean, who am I to say that you should just take your money and shut up? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, I mean, your teams then fought for their lives to get into the playoffs without you. I'm pretty sure Kawhi could have played in the playoffs if he wanted to. He was out for 60-plus games. It doesn't yeah. take that long for your quad to heal. Like, it really doesn't. So, we got a little off track, but... What's your expectations of them on draft night? I'm, Do you keep them through draft night? Do you trade them on draft night? I'm expecting them to pull something off. Like, if it's trading quiet, if it's not trading quiet, I think they have to go in a different direction. Um, if Kawhi's really hell-bent on leaving, then you have to get Aldridge out of there. You have to get him out of there, too. I mean, because he just requested a trade last year. Was a perfect time to trade Aldridge than the show, than the press him showing he had against Golden State because he played because last year he played terrible. He was terrible all four or five games, whatever happened last year. He was terrible, and I'm pretty sure would nobody accept him then. But I'm sure now after going beast mode on Golden State, even though they lost in five, still I, I'm pretty sure his trade value is back up than what it was. So either trade him or trade Kawhi. But they got to get younger somewhere. Like, they, I know Manu wants to keep playing, but you guys got to just make way for the new guys. I'll still pay you 15 to 17 minutes, but as far as you're starting and all these starting roles, that's out the window. Um, I don't 
I'll go just plug us all. I don't even know if they need to bring him back. He's just so old. Well, he's still under contract, and I think they're trying to trade him. So yeah, like can, so you can package him out. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if they get him out of there at some point. Like I just feel like they're going to get a few people out of there. All right, that's all the time we have here today. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Remind you guys to follow us on Twitter. That's at three ball underscore podcast and at the carte two one three. Also, I'd like to remind everybody that listens on iTunes or Google to subscribe and like our podcast. It really helps us out, really helps get the podcast out to more people, more listeners.